Welcome, welcome, welcome back to AG University Podcast, you guys. It's 2023. I don't know about you, but I am so freaking happy. (laughs) 2022 was a year of just transformation and growth in like literally every aspect of my life, almost to the point where I was like, okay, if one more thing, massive change happens in my life, I'm going to just like, I'm going to go bald. Literally, change is good. Change is inevitable. And, you know, our ego, our self, we like to stay complacent at times or content, even when we know a certain situation isn't serving us. So I think change is great. I think I just went freaking full tilt boogie and just said, what is that? I'm going to delete my life. And it's funny because I went to the keys with Shannon and James. If you guys don't know, my bestie at probably Shannon Ford, we podcast a lot together on her podcast page. Um, we had such a great time, like such a lovely trip. It was my first time going to Miami since I've been in my sobriety phase. And honestly, I was thriving. It really was so much easier than I thought. Like, I think for me, I really just had to like close the door to like drinking altogether. Like I kind of, I've mentioned this to you guys before. I'm going to do another sober, curious episode for some of you guys that just want a lot more information. But for me, health-wise, alcohol was just not working out. I've talked about it a lot of different places. I need to just do one full big brain dump because a lot of questions still have been coming up. But anyways, um, I just had to close the door altogether. I think for a while I would say like, oh, I'll just have a cocktail at a birthday or a celebration. And then, you know what? I realized there was a lot of birthdays and a lot of celebrations in my life. (laughs) And I love to celebrate. So anyways, going to Miami was awesome. It was my first trip, just like going out. I went to the club. I went out, out. I got dressed up cute. Austin has been on the sobriety journey with me too. Uh, We were drinking Heineken Zero Zeros. They're like alcohol-free beers. They're tasty. And honestly, it's kind of like a placebo effect, you know? Like I was like, am I tipsy right now? No, I'm absolutely not. There's no alcohol on this. But it's just fun to like hold a cocktail or hold a little bevy. I love a bevy. Um, Anyway, so that's just something. We would drink like a little matcha before we went out. So we have a little caffeine boost and then drink a little alcohol-free beer. And I was just freaking happy as a clam. So it was a really fun, really restorative, just great trip. But I got so tickled that a year ago, Anna Grace on New Year's, let's see, she was violently hungover in Jamaica. Oh my gosh. I was still kind of remember, I was still a celebratory drinker. I wasn't drinking much, but New Year, the new year was considered in my brain as a celebration. And then the year before, I was just freaking still like, you know, being a crackhead and was really partying hard in Miami. Not a crackhead. You guys know what I mean. I was just being like really wild. Um, but that was still, you know, what I considered a celebration. So I was like, each year I've gotten so much better. I'm so proud of myself. You know, it's it's baby steps, you guys. Whatever makes you feel good. That's what I always tell people too. Like Shannon and James drank and partied the whole time. And Shannon would be like, do you care if we do this? And I'm like, what? No, I do not care. If, if you feel good, I feel good. Like for me, it came down to the point where just drinking and being out in the club was more stressful than anything. Like I like being kind of grounded and calm and like in my body, especially because You know, I've talked about this before. The more I do readings, the more I get on this podcast, the more I tap into like my intuitive gifts. Um, I've become a bit more sensitive in public settings. Like each year, I think I'm just getting more in tune. And then that sensitivity kind of comes with it a bit. Um, There was a few times in Miami where I was like, whoa, some crazy energy. Anyways, 
I was going a lot of places with that. Oh, we were giggling about how how each year I've gotten significantly, like drastically, <laughs> drastic change. Because this year in Miami, not only was I sober, I was really proud of myself. It was a great trip. Shannon and I were reading this book and it's called, I'm going to give you guys so many little tasty treats, tidbits, books, advice, how to set up your year, how I'm doing my year end review. This one is juicy, juicy, juicy with like action steps, things to do. I really would get out a pen and paper and write some things down, take some notes. If you're driving, you know, maybe just, I usually will screenshot a timestamp and be like, oh, I'm going to come back to that timestamp and journal later because this is what I'm doing. I have worked for years getting specific on setting up my new year. I take the entire month of January, by the way, to really set up for the new year. I actually learned this doing readings. In the Akashic Records, the new year really doesn't start more till like February because in nature, we're still a bit more in hibernation mode in January. And the Akashic Records is really just aligned with nature, true, like where we would be if there wasn't societal programming saying January 1 is a new year. Yes, it is a new year, but like energy of the new year, like where we really get that burst of inspiration, motivation, creativity comes a bit more towards February. Um, And that's just the energetic read that I've had. I I like to follow the flow of nature too. January is a bit more hibernation. So my vibe is like getting organized, making space for new, beautiful opportunities, people, growth, abundance, et cetera. So I'm a bit more like moving a little slow in January, getting really intentional, taking care of myself, resting, and also doing like my year end review, figuring out what feels good to me, what worked, what didn't work, These are tools that I am doing just kind of this whole month. So if you haven't gotten your goals together or you're not off to like a giddy up, yippee ki start, no worries. Me neither. I'm chilling. Okay, so this is the book we were reading in Miami. It's called Life Cycles, Your Emotional Journey to Freedom and Happiness by Christine Delore, which sounds like, honestly, the title to me doesn't quite line up with the content of the book. The book does bring me happiness, but... um, I brought the book on the trip and I really wanted Shannon to read it. And Shannon and James are a bit more like Austin. They're interested. Well, maybe Shannon is a lot more into my my spiritual gifts. The men are natural skeptics, which is okay. I always tell people like, be skeptical, use your discernment. Like you don't have to believe everything everyone says, you know, whatever. Shannon just knows my heart and she knows me so well that like, she's just like, whatever you say, I trust you. <laughs> Even if she's like, I don't totally understand spiritual concepts, but she's curious. The men are kind of just like, whatever goes, you know, if if they have a question, sometimes they will. I don't ever push it upon anyone. But so one morning the guys went and worked out, Shannon and I were drinking iced coffees and just, you know, enjoying our balcony and just chatting and gossiping when the boys weren't around just about like our relationship and like, tell me everything about James, you know, catching up. And, um, So I pulled out this book. I'm like, Shannon, you've got to read this book. So the book, the concept is like a bit based in numerology. That's why it's interesting. It doesn't say anything numerology in the title, but hear me out. I know people are like, what the heck is numerology? Anna Grace, you cuckoo bird. What are you convincing me of now? But this is a bit like the Enneagram test. Take what resonates, leave what doesn't. You don't have to like reconstruct your identity based off of any information on this podcast ever. I just love to like give little, you know, tasty treats, little things for people to think about. And I really do feel like it's like having a little pocket. I don't want to say crystal ball, but I kind of want to say crystal ball because numerology 
it's the study of numbers and that numbers carry a vibration and a frequency and which really resonated with me. I don't know why. I mean, there's a lot of information. Like I I was gonna say, I don't know why, because I'm not a big numbers person, like math, science. No, I was a journalism major. Um, But it makes sense to me that numerically, there are a lot of patterns, kind of like how like our taste buds change completely every seven years. Did you know that? Crazy. And a lot of things change like every seven years, like our relationships with people will completely change. Like we enter new phases of our life. Like there are numerical patterns. So like past indicators that can predict our future without it being like super woo woo. This is for people that are like maybe a little more science curious, which I am too. I'm I'm a bit of everything curious. So anyways, we're out on the balcony and I have been doing, so I did my life path number and I'm a life path number nine. And it was like the most liberating, empowering information, kind of like human design, like anything else you you read and it really resonates. You're like, wow, this makes sense. Like basically just saying like life path number nine mission is here to help people and, you know, really into education. Even says life path number nines oftentimes have like crazy events, like a near-death experience. Like how, I mean, really specific to me. <laughs> I really resonated with mine, but, but it was kind of empowering because I realized Austin, he's a life path number four. So he's a bit more in like hard work grit. Whereas I am someone who, um, is like a big picture thinker. Like I'm like, I want to have a big vision and I don't like want that to be like my day to day. Like I don't want to get caught up in like the tasks of like admin work. Like I'm, I'm more focused on the big picture. And Austin and I never really like see eye to eye on that. And then I saw his life path number. I'm like, well, that's fine. He's also a generator. Anyways, it's empowering because you realize that there are things that you just like really fucking care about that like other people are not going to care about and they're not going to understand. And honestly, reading that kind of like was (laughs) kind of brought me peace because like you don't really have to convince anyone of your journey or convince anyone of anything or even really explain yourself to people as to what you're doing because sometimes it's just going to... It's just not going to land, you know? So anyways, I'm a life path nine. It's it's an older soul bunch, which tracks. And, um, you know, it's people that are a bit more uh, into like esoterics and talking to angels and all the things. And then there are people that life path number, that that information just doesn't resonate with them. And um, yeah, I, f- I find that kind of took away the like hurting my feelings when people aren't into what I'm <laughs> into. I'm like, wait, why don't you love this too? Because I just like want to help people. And there are some people that actually don't want that information or that help. They like where they're at and that's their journey. So I'm like, okay, cool. So anyways, Shannon, James, they read their numbers and they literally were like so shooketh to their core. And they're not as, you know, into a lot of information as I am. Like I could read any book about anything and be intrigued. But this one, Shannon, like literally, she ordered it like immediately. We were sitting out drinking our iced coffee. She was like reading all of her pages out loud. She's like, I love this book. I feel like I'm having so many breakthroughs. And um, it really talks about like your your life theme. And for me, mine is just like really letting go and like surrender and, and just kind of gives you something to focus on, something to swirl around your brain and be like, am I good at this? Or should I work on this more? You know, like, like I said, you don't have to like conform. This is your new identity. I think some people maybe take some of these tests and astrology and things like too far. Like I, I like a healthy bit of it all. So anyways, that's the book. And I, I'm telling you guys a lot of information on this on the front end because it, it did come into kind of my year in review. And um, I actually wouldn't recommend getting this one on Audible, by the way. If you guys are into an audiobook, I love a good audiobook. But it's one that you would like flip around. You wouldn't like sit down and read it. You would just kind of like get your life path number, see what your life theme is. You can also take this test online. Um, it's where you add up all of your the numbers of your birthday. 
And then um, there's like a current present theme, which shows like which cycle you specifically are in um, using the current date. I know this sounds like a lot of numbers. It's quite simple, but um, that's just, if, if you're familiar with numerology, then you're like, oh yeah, I know what she's talking about. Anyway, so I'm entering a cycle year three for me personally. And as a collective, we're entering a number seven, 2023 equals seven, right? Two plus two. Three. Yes. Year seven, which is all about abundance and super, this is going to be such an awesome year. I'm so excited for everyone. This is like the year of luck and just, I can feel it. I am, I am all about the lucky girl syndrome. I don't know if you guys have seen that on TikTok that's circulating. Like I, I genuinely do feel so connected to that. Like I feel like my whole life, even before I was spiritual or even like new, I would always be like, everything's always working out. Everything's going to work out. You know what? I'm, I always would tell people like, no matter what, if I was in a situation where I was broke as a joke, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to land on my feet. I'll figure it out. And by golly, I did. So. Anyways, I highly recommend that's another one too, like to add into your mantras for this year because this is a really good, powerful, lucky abundance year and a lot of um, some information that's just really helpful going into this new year. You could like look back, see what your theme is, numerology, life path number. It's all just like super fun information, especially when you want something to journal on or you'd like some prompts, something specific to you. But I'm going to share with you guys everything that I am doing for my personal year end review. So another book that I love that really inspired me was a hundred essays that'll change the way you think, or it's 101 essays. You know what? It's linked in the show notes. And that book has been so just, it just aligned. I guess is the word I'm trying to say. It has so many beautiful, juicy little nuggets as well. And it's one too, that that one I would recommend also getting in print because it's something you would flip around. You can read it like start to finish, but there's just lots of little tidbits. I like books like that, that you can just like drop in and be like, I need some inspiration, flip to chap one chapter. And it's like three chap- three pages long. So this was the mantra that I'm taking into this year. And I wanted to share it with you guys because I don't know, it just like sparked something inside of me and I really liked it. So it said, focus on getting better, but let go of the end result. You get better, but not perfect. This to me is so empowering because yes, every single day, like we want to set goals. We want to do better. We want to be the best version of ourself, best mom, best wife, best husband, whatever it is. Absolutely. But there is a fine balance of getting so attached to our goals and then getting frustrated when they don't work out. And and I'm speaking from experience. I'm very goal-oriented. I've always been a very driven, very motivated individual. So when things are moving slow, I'm just like, what are we doing? And then I'm like, okay, I'll just do more. And then I'm like, no, 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 that's not, that has been my lesson this past year was just like, let things be. It might be a slow moving year. Like I literally rebranded my whole entire life. I'm rebuilding businesses. I'm rehiring people. It's frustrating. It's a learning curve. I am impatient. I don't, these are just things that they're not my super strengths. My super strengths is more of this, like speaking on the podcast and public speaking and creating content. Building businesses, I can do it. I know how I've built many, but still at this point in my life, frustrating, annoying at times, you know? Um, So anyways, this was really beautiful for me was focus on getting better, but let go of the end result. And I I always like to apply them with like, um, you know, like a fitness 
analogy because instead of thinking like, I want my body to look this certain way, right? Like that, that, that might be the, your goal for this year is like, I want to feel healthier. I want to look better. I want it, whatever it is. I have really shifted to how can I just enjoy moving every single day? Like I literally took the pressure off of myself last year. I was like, I don't care what my body looks like. I just want to move in a way that is fun and joyful, right? Like that's focusing on getting better without really having an end result. Like you're still working in the right direction, but you're not just so attached to it has to look this way and only this way. I tell myself all the time, I'm like, it can look this way or better. You know, I can make this amount of money a month or more. I literally say that every time I'm doing an affirmation or setting a goal, like it can look this way universe. This is what I'm thinking. But if you have something better for me, bring it on. Like I'm never going to lock myself into this certain outcome. You know, like I've really gotten better about practicing detachment. So I want to set the stage with that. That's kind of what's inspired me. And that's why I've been a bit more into the habits, routines. What does my day-to-day look like? And doing reviews, right? We're not going to go into the reviews and the autopsy situation that I have created for you guys. This is going to come in four waves of how exactly you can do a fine comb of your past year going into this next year and get really, really crystal clear on what it is that you want. You know, because a lot of people are like, I don't even know what I want. And if you don't know what you want, that's okay. Because at the end of this, you're going to freaking know. You're going to know. And if you already do know what you want, maybe this will just bring a bit more clarity to your goals and and just other things to look at. I always love a perspective shift. So we're going to take it away. The first thing that I would like you guys to do, and like I said, take some time to do this. Like you don't have to sit down and knock this all out in one one swift setting. Like I'm super spacious with it because I like to just try things out. Let January be a month of trial and error for you, right? We're we're scientists. You know, you guys know I love to get observational. I'm never like super judgmental about like, oh, forgot to do this routine or oh, this didn't work out or whatever. I'm just like, okay, whatever. I'm gonna try something else. Like no big deal. The possibilities are endless, right? So the first thing that I posted, um, I posted a reel. If you guys don't follow me on Instagram, you totally should at Anna Grace Newell or TikTok. TikTok is probably more of the podcast content. Same, same handle everywhere. Always linked in the show notes. I posted a reel and I was talking about wanting to do an autopsy of my previous year. And I actually got this technique from I think it was, I want to say Dr. Phil, (laughs) just the most random thing I'm going to say all day. I listened to a podcast. I want to say it was like Ed Milet and Dr. Phil. I could be completely wrong, but Ed Milet might've interviewed Dr. Phil, vice versa. Not too sure, but he was talking about doing an autopsy of previous relationships. And I loved that. I was like, oh my gosh, that's freaking genius. Because how many times have we been in a relationship where it's ended the same or it's been the same type of person or that you notice a repeating pattern and you're like, again, I'm here again. (laughs) I remember the last person that I talked to before I met Austin, I was like, I am so, I I threw a tantrum. I really did. I was like, I'm so over, I'm over talking to people. I'm over getting caught in the same rat race. Like I am completely removing myself from the dating scene. (laughs) And then like literally like a month later, I met Austin. But anyways, I did it. I, in those moments when you just get so frustrated and you're like, what the heck is going on? I always tell people like, do an autopsy, like get super honest with yourself 
And these autopsies are very non-judgmental. You're not going to beat yourself up about it. You can do a little journal entry and be like, okay, in previous relation or in a previous relationship, maybe you broke up with someone two years ago and you've been single for two years, never too late. Really get just so brutally honest. What went wrong? You know, what did they do that led to our our breakup? What what did I do? Was there a way that I would act immature or get upset? That was like a triggered response. What were and you could also say like what were things that went right? What did I love about this person? What are what was something that I loved about this relationship? Not all relationships are bad. Sometimes they just end. Sometimes they're just not designed to last forever. And that's totally okay. But you know, I always like to do the wins and the losses. Like, what did I love about this person? Were they like super fun? What did I not like? Maybe they weren't as emotionally available as I needed or the depth wasn't there. And that's super helpful when you can go forward and make your manifestation partner list going forward. You know, you could be like, I really didn't realize, but I actually need someone who can meet me, you know, halfway on that. My love language is physical touch. Like I need physical touch. I just do. I love it. And if you have a partner that like absolutely hates physical touch, you're like, okay, bummer. <laughs> like I need it, you know? That's just a made up example, but my love language is physical touch. So you guys get what I'm saying. So you're going to go back. You're going to do an autopsy. That's a relationship example, but this that's how I started this theory trying to explain it to Austin. He was not interested in my autopsy theory. Not that he wasn't interested, but it wasn't really catching his attention. So I translated it into a football analogy. And I said, okay, Austin, what do you also, backstory, if you guys do not know, Austin was a football coach, college football coach for 11 years. This is this past year was his last year. And now he's in software sales. That's why we moved to Florida to be with his son, Zane, who's 11. And um, his job transferred him up to Tennessee. That's how we met. But he obviously wanted to come back home to be with his family. So anyways, that's the backstory. But still, big football guy. He still does a lot uh, in the football network. He's still involved, but just not working the crazy hours. And football coaches, they watch so much film. You guys would not believe, you would, you wouldn't believe me. Your eyeballs would fall out. They would fall out and roll away because I thought this man, when we first started dating was boofing me. I, I say boofing, like yanking my chain. Like I, I was just like, what, are you really watching 12 hours of film today? Or is he avoiding me? No, 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 no. They really are. They watch film on the, the, the opponent, they study every movement of everything and they strategize their plan going forward into the next games. Also, I'm not a super football techie person, but I know enough to have this conversation. So like, bear with me if I botch a word or two, but anywho. So I translate this. I tell Austin, I'm like, okay, what do you do before you go into the big, I was saying the big game, the Super Bowl. He's like, I mean, you mean like the national championship? I'm like, sure, whatever, the big game. You're going to watch all of the film. They would probably watch four weeks of film. Who knows? And get a super, super strategic plan going into this game. Like that's how I view the year 2023. Take as much time as you need to, to curate this plan. I do like to use January 1 as like, okay, a start. I start the wheels turning. But then I'm going to look back at 2022. And this is your film that I think you can use. And this is the film that I'm using. I go back through, get out my journal. I'll write 2022 year end review. And then I actually got out my camera and went back to my camera roll all the way to last January 1 and 
just kind of just start scrolling through like, okay, what was I doing? What was I taking pictures? If you don't take tons of pictures, no big deal. But you know, you could get like a, a general idea of like, where was I? What was I doing? Do you have any journal entries? Or maybe you have like just a really awesome Google calendar with things on your Google calendar. You can kind of look back and be like, okay, was I in a super like heavy meeting time? Like, what did I have going on at work? Like, do I remember how I felt? Was this a hard month? Did I experience loss? Like, I just want you to like look at everything. And that's the one rule. You have to be 100% judgment-free. This is an observation only. You can't be like, wow, I look terrible in this month, like blah, blah, blah. Or like, I drank too much or like, you know, it doesn't matter. The past is in the past. You did the best that you could in that moment. That's how I tell myself. Even if it was an absolute month where I literally fell apart and got nothing accomplished, I am so kind to myself, okay? If you guys haven't already, definitely check out the uh, What Is Your Inner Self Talk saying that episode is so powerful um, because that's really how gently we're going to do our year in review. Austin and I actually, we did one as individuals and then we did one as a couple. That's why I created this football analogy. But literally, just as a football coach or any coach would review film, I want you to look at your camera roll and I want you to go, okay, who am I with? Who's with me in these photos? What am I doing? How do I feel around this person? Do I like this person? Do I want them to be my first string quarterback or are we maybe going to bench them and create a little time and space there? Who's my coach? Who am I looking to for inspiration? Whose content am I consuming? Who is... I mean, literally, it could be your therapist. It could be anyone. But like, who are you really getting advice from? I always tell people, like, don't ever get advice from people that who don't have what you want, right? Like, so many people tell me all the time that everything that I'm building and doing is absolute crazy and malarkey. And I'm like, okay, well, great. You aren't doing it. Why would I? What? Like, we're on a different journey, you know? Like, I want you to really surround yourself with those people that believe in you and light you up. And if you can't surround yourself with those, only those people, totally understand. We, I always tell people, like, I only tell people my big dreams, my big goals, my big aspirations to those people that believe in me. Because if not, you know, it's not fun to tell your your dreams and your goals and aspirations to people who just like don't believe in themselves, you know, because then they're just going to kind of poo-poo on what you're doing. And that's never fun. So, you know, keep it close. Look at the photos. What am I doing? What was going on in this month? What were the highs? What were the lows? So every single play, coaches will do like a positive and a negative mark. And that's really how I want you guys to look back at this. What did I do that was awesome, that I'm so proud of myself? And then what's something that I could do better going forward? That's always how I structure my autopsy. Like, what what did I do that was great? What am I proud of this past year? So I'll give you some examples. For me, I was really proud of myself stepping more into my authentic self. There was a lot of fear around sharing this side of me with the internet. And not that it wasn't you know hard at times, but that was something I was really proud of myself. It's something I've been wanting to do. I've been wanting to start a podcast. I've been not, maybe not even just the podcast, just like share more about the Akashic Records and things that I just love and have brought me so much joy and happiness something I was really proud of. And then something that I want to do better going forward is really surround myself um, with like more of a community in this, in this kind of industry, I guess, you know, like I want to do events. I, I even moving to Florida, like I haven't been super great about getting out and meeting people. 
feel that I just really kept to myself in 2022, but it, I was still building my foundation. This year, I'm I'm feeling more inspired to put myself out there. But you see what I'm saying? Like there are, I want you to do your massive year interview and literally just look all around and that will give you a lot of information as to what went right. What did you do great? What do you want to do more of? What's something that you would like to do differently? Because see, that's how you're really going to craft your goals. Just like look back. Who's your team? What plays are we running? We don't want to be running the same plays over and over and expect a different outcome, right? That's technically the what the definition of insanity. No, we're going to switch it up. We're going to swap out some people. Maybe these people were like, hmm, maybe not serving us. Or I would really like to put this person in because I really like them and want more time with them. Certain plays, you know, take care of yourself. And it's honestly, life really is a game, right? That's why I like the football analogy because life is a game. We are writing our own show. We're, we are the coaches. We call the shots. We are the ones that are in control of our reality. And so I always like doing sports analogies because it really is how I feel about our life. Like you just, we are playing this game of life. And we really get to make the rules, you know, like sometimes it it takes setting boundaries or having hard conversations, but we do get to make the rules. And, and that was kind of how I looked back at 2022. I did an analysis of what were things that made me unhappy that I felt like I revisited a few times or like what was something that I complained about a lot. And that was the catalyst for some of the goals going forward. Not that, I, like I said, I, I do couple them with a positive and a negative, but I take some of the low points and then I structure those into goals. I'm like, okay, this has been a reoccurring pain point and I have complained about this too many times. I am writing this show. This is my life. Why am I letting this be a pain point? Why am I Why am I complaining? Like I, anytime I complain, I'm like, no, this is an opportunity for change or for growth. Like I always say, like, I always am like, I hate when people complain because like we have the power to change, you know? I understand there are times that, you know, life throws us some weird curveballs and we can complain. But just when I realize, okay, I have now said something negative about this three times, like we gotta, I can change this, you know? Or this is an invitation for me to look closer. Like, why am I still experiencing this lesson? I just feel like life in the universe, God, spirit, whatever you believe is always serving us these tests, these lessons and things. And and the more that we can tune in and bring awareness to them, the more that we can overcome and up-level and feel good and just feel happy because that's, that's really what we're here to do. We're here to feel love and we're here to experience happiness and joy. And I know that we can't feel happiness and joy in every single moment, but truly for 2022, that was kind of what I looked at. Like what were areas of frustration? My not self theme, which is a human design term. Highly recommend you guys checking them out. It is called my human design app. There is a not self theme, which is a theme that you can recognize when you're out of alignment. And mine is bitterness. (laughs) So I always look and said, is there a time I start to feel bitter (laughs) or resentful? And then I know I'm okay. I'm I'm out of alignment. And then I kind of look closer and I'm like, okay, these are some ways that I can tweak it. And not to confuse it with doing hard things. Sometimes they can feel uncomfortable. They can just be difficult and that's normal. But for me, I always like to look at them like, okay, when am I just like having reoccurring frustration points? Because obviously that's just something that I haven't set up a super great system on my end. 
So this past uh, week was the first full moon. It was a full moon in Cancer. I'm a Cancer baby, Pisces moon. And I uh, did a just a whole 2022 release and I wrote a note and I wrote everything that I felt like in 2022 that was attached to any feelings of unhappiness, self-doubt, frustration. And I wrote out a letter. I, I literally just word vomited everything, everything. And I did a little full moon bath. I do a whole full moon ritual. You guys don't have to do that, but I do like to use the full moons and the new year. I mean, the combo was just great. It's time to release, you know, let go, whatever is not serving. Like we don't have to carry all this shit. Sometimes, especially as females, we like to hold on to things. And sometimes I envy men because they really, they really are so simple and they just like things just roll off their back. They're like, whatever. <laughs> Me, I'm like, and I'm still remembering last January 17th. <laughs> I've gotten much better, but you get what I'm saying. I wrote a letter, everything that made me unhappy in 2022. And some of it was just that I didn't speak up. I didn't express my boundaries. I I did some people pleasing bullshit that I'm not going to do this year. You know, and I really did. I wrote this whole letter and I lit that bitch on fire and I said, I'm burning it. It's gone. I'm not carrying this into 2023. So I don't know. Maybe that'll spark some inspiration in you. But, um, and then the year in review also, Austin and I, so he did one, the, ba- the football, I was supposed to say basketball, whatever you do basketball too. <laughs> I'm sure they watch film. The football film review was created for him so that he would look back in his year in review. And he came up with lots of beautiful things going forward. We also did one as a couple. Which my mom was like, whoa, you guys are crazy. Because I was like, Austin, I want to do a year in review as a couple. Like, what were some areas that we feel like maybe we fell into a similar pattern or we had, we experienced a similar argument? And I, my mom, my mom was like, aren't you, is that going to cause like a big fight? And I was like, well, no, because the rule is there's no pointing fingers. You just have to be observational and really work together as a team. Like, you got to look at this as like, these are things outside of us. Like we are a united front. We are a team. And these are just things that maybe came up as blips on our radar. And then going forward, like we could set goals. Like we looked back and we were like, okay, we keep talking about how we are manifesting our dream home. But like, what are we doing in the day-to-day, the micro moments? Like, do we have a plan for actually saving money? You know, it, it just brings up conversations like that. I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, getting married is actually entering another business. And I was like, whoa, because it really is. I mean, it's it's quite legal. <laughs> There's a lot of legality that goes into it. And then, you know, you invest together. You buy a home, you buy a ring, or you you have kids. There are a lot of finances and a lot of massive things that go into it. And also paperwork and change. And so I thought that was really interesting on just, you know, communicating even a relationship, even if you're not married, it still is a partnership. And if you're each running your own business, there are aspects where you've got to come together and decide, you know, who's going to do what or what's our budget or what are we spending? Are we being frivolous in these areas? So we did a review there too. Financially, we did one. Emotionally, um, let me see, I'll pull up our list right now. Yeah, we also like... I'm just giving you guys some inspiration. We did uh, some dream brands that we, Austin's on a huge matcha kick. And so he's like, that'd be so cool if we got a matcha partnership. We love matcha. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. So we discussed, you know, creating more organic content, right? So creating more matcha content to potentially attract a brand that would want to sponsor us. Um, We decided we wanted to be collectively better about chores around the house, dishes in the sink. I mean, 
that drives me crazy. Like dishes should never go in the sink. They should just go directly into the dishwasher. <sighs> Men. Um, picking up clothes specifically in the bathroom floor. Austin, any of his pet peeves. Like I leave the lights on, which I don't mean to, but I also just don't like it to be dark. Um, also, I, I actually am having a random tidbit, but I want to talk about that. Um, well, I'll come back to the darkness thing. Some of ours were creating more of an identity as individuals. When we moved to Florida, I just really feel like I didn't have any, like my whole support system was in Tennessee and then my whole support system solely became Austin. And I just really didn't put myself out there as much, but I also just had so many things going on to get to this point where now I have more time and space and energy to do that. But I always loved in Nashville. Like I had a whole separate life outside of Austin and we're just really independent. And we're like, you know what? We trust each other and we love each other and we love spending time with each other, but we're allowed to have our own lives. <laughs> so we just kind of talked about like, what would that look like? You know, we can have a couple friends. Absolutely. But also Austin and I have very different interests and that's totally okay. He's like, I would love for you to have more spiritual Akashic record reading people. I literally never know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's like, I would love for you to have more of those. I'm like, okay. So we talked about that. Um, we also are going to talk about doing a money mindset course. I do believe I'm going to create one at some point. I That's probably further down the, the line, but Austin is still new to like the limiting beliefs conversation. Um, we determined a plan for savings, making some new friends together, traveling more. These are just some things that we decided we wanted to go, wanted to do going to 2023. Okay. This is another one about the darkness thing. This is just a random light bulb. I'm telling you guys, this is just like a freaking ping after ping light bulb podcast. So my dad, when I went home, my dad is, um, was an environmental scientist, super interesting cat. I, Love that man so much. Oh my God. We were, we've probably lived a million lives together. He is so special to me and um, really, really believes in all of my esoteric spirituality, Akashic records. Sometimes he's like, I don't really understand that, but like, I know what you're saying. <laughs> you know, um, he's just a very generous, kind spirit. And he was reading this book. It's by Ainsley McLeod. I can't remember exactly what it's called. I know he's the author. He talks all about soul levels. We actually got this one off of Oprah's podcast, talking about your soul level, kind of similar-esque to life path numbers. And um, when I went home, my dad shared this book with me, and I'm just getting a ping to share it with you guys. So I don't know, just go with it. So he shares this book. He's like, yeah, Anna Grace, you would really like it. I read this book all about our soul level and you know our journey that we're on, things that light us up. Of course, I'm like, love it, dad, tell me more. And he had written hand, handwritten notes all throughout the book. And he was like, yeah, it really talks a lot about like phobias or fears, certain things that we get anxiety and, and how it's connected to this life um, from a past life. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. And I always joked with Austin that I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> like I, he, th this man sleeps in a bat cave. It's so dark. Sometimes I'm startled. I can't even find my way to the bathroom. Twice he has fallen. I'm like, babe, it's too dark in here. I can't see because in my old house, I always slept with the windows open and like you could see like the street lights. There was always just like a little bit of light. Like I don't sleep with like a night light. Honestly, like I probably would if someone would let me, but Austin, absolutely not. We have compromised on a small solar powered light inside the bathroom and I can crack the door. <laughs> But I have had moments where I've woken up from a dream and I literally can't see my hand in front of my face. That's how dark our bedroom gets. And I am just like, well, I don't like it. And, and I never knew that I was scared of the dark until this came up. And so my dad gives me the book. He's like, yeah, it's weird. They like talk about it if you're like scared of the dark. And I've never really told my dad that. 
He just randomly said it. So I get the book and I start reading all of these things. It's like fears and why we have them. And it's it's super interesting. You guys, I'll add it to AG's book club, but it's all about, um, you know, fear of the of darkness was, you know, maybe in a past life, you were like in a coma or you had, th- there was a lot of different things. And that all to me, I'm like, I, I don't know specifically, but it did say that the fear manifests as a fear of fainting in public. And I definitely have that. Like anytime I get dizzy or overstimulated with energy, or sometimes people will have like a spirit attached to them. It makes me a bit dizzy and I'm like trying to get centered or stay grounded. Um, and I get a little nervous that I'm going to faint. And so anyways, I, I don't know. I just thought it was like a very interesting concept that a lot of our fears and phobias heights, some of the super common ones where you're like, why am I scared of this? This is so irrational and weird. And and the guy, he, he identifies them and he gives you a step-by-step guide to releasing these fears. I, I, I'm just... It really resonated with me, especially the fear of fainting and my my afraid of, of, I always joke, I always tell Zane, I'm like, it's okay, Zane, I'm afraid of the dark. (laughs) Because sometimes at night he gets scared of the dark. I'm like, me too. (laughs) I'm 29, (laughs) still here. So uh, anyways, that is something just to percolate on because they can just be coming from a past life. Who knows? Who knows? And then once you have that awareness, you can kind of release the fear or, or just accept it. Lots of acceptance has been going on for me doing my year interview. Okay, back to it. So After Austin and I did all of our reviews as a couple, goals that we set together and things that we wanted to work on better, that's how we entered the just literally making our goals, which you could do like a vision board. This is the one tip that I would like to give you for something, a practice that you could implement. And you can do this at any point. Um, I would like for you to look at your year in review, look at your pain points, your highs, your lows, your wins your players, all your people, all your moving parts, and then you're going to set your goals in a broad sense. This is the part when, and I wrote in my notes right now, I'm looking at it, it says, get fucking delusional. I want you guys to be delusional. I love that trend. It's also something that's going on around TikTok. And it's one that resonated with me because I do feel I've always been a bit delusional in my, how big I can dream. So delusional does not mean crazy. It just means, it means like, Kind of like the lucky girl syndrome. Like, yeah, things are always working out for me. Like if someone told me in 2025, I won the lottery, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Like that's like the delusional thinking. Like, yes, amazing things are always happening to me. Like totally no brainer. Get delusional on, you know, I think sometimes we, people, I think it's good to set realistic goals at times, but I do think it's fun to set some just really big ones and just be like, whatever, I'm going to write this down. Why not? Why not? Why not make a million dollars next year? Why not? Like, who is to say, who's going to stop me? Like, money shows up in new and exciting ways all the time. Like, I, I tell myself things like that all the time. Like, why not? Why not set some crazy goal? I meet my favorite celebrity on the street. Like, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. Because truly, truly, it takes, this is one thing I wanted to say. You never know. It took me one video on TikTok, one video that went viral, and I got 60,000 followers overnight. One video. Like, you never know. You could be working a desk job, and you don't know a month from now, you could meet someone, you could post something, you could do something that could change your whole entire life. So that's why I tell people, why not be a bit delusional when we make these goals? So write everything out on a page. But This is how I want you to do it. I want you to sit 
I want you to, if you haven't listened to my previous episode about discipline and how I channel my higher self, I recommend checking that out, but you're going to do something similar. And you're going to write a memoir to yourself from the perspective of January, 2024. And you're going to write this letter. You're going to call on your higher self. You're going to be like, hi, self of Anna Grace, whatever you want to say, a prayer, close your eyes and say, let's get crazy. Let's get delusional. Tell me something wild. And you're going to write out from the 2024 perspective, telling yourself what happened in 2023. You're going to be like, in January, I was healthy, hydrated. And then in February, I met the love of my life. And then in May, I found a new workout routine and I fell in love with my body. Literally anything. Write a memoir. You can get detailed. You could also be broad. You could write one page. You could write 25 pages. You make the rules. This is your game, right? But write from the perspective of 2024 that it has already happened. Everything has already happened in this memoir that you write to yourself. Write it, print it off, do whatever, tuck it away. Like You don't have to revisit this every single day. You're just creating a plan. That's one thing that I really was hammering in with Austin. Like he's someone that doesn't typically set yearly goals. He's he's just kind of a natural manifester. He's just a happy go lucky kind of guy, but I'm always like, okay, this is the best analogy that I can give for people that if they're not into setting goals and you can tell them this, like whenever I do readings for people, the number one thing that comes through, I did one for my sister like a year or so ago and um she was manifesting a new job and I looked at her and I'm like Kathleen, I did a reading for you and your guides said that you have literally told them nothing. Like you have told them nothing as to what you want this current job to look like. Like they're like, yeah, she hasn't said anything. Like it's kind of goes back to the old concept in the Bible, like ask and you shall receive. The universe is always working with us. That's why I tell people like, speak it out loud. Your loved ones can hear you. Your ancestors can hear you. Like, yes, I can see energy and communicate with all types of energies, but you don't have to be like me to have that experience. Maybe you won't see or hear an immediate re- response like me, but that doesn't matter. You still got to speak it out and you, and you got to have these goals because if not, it's the equivalent. This is what I was shown. It's the equivalent to getting into a car and saying, okie dokie, I'm going to go on a road trip, going to go to the vacation and uh, not set a destination. And um, there's no directions and you're just getting in a car and you're just driving saying, eventually I'll get somewhere. Yeah, eventually you will get somewhere. But why don't we just like input the GPS and like get specific? And then and then that's the thing. You input the GPS, the destination, and then you got little directions. Those directions are your inspired action and your little pings and the things moving the needle, right? And then, and then you get to your destination. Both ways, you'll get to a destination at some point. Was it where you wanted to go? We don't know. Like, use your GPS. Like, entering in the address is you communicating to the universe, writing out these goals, speaking it out loud to God, to literally whatever you believe in. It doesn't matter who, what, when, where, why, whatever you believe. Speaking them out loud, though, is so powerful because it's it's your little GPS. It's your little guide. Like, we are in control. We have so much more power than we realize so I, I remember telling my, I tell a lot of clients when I do readings for them, I'm like, have you told, they're, they're specifically saying you're trying to manifest a partner and you have not really gotten clear or specific as to what you want this partner to look like. And it doesn't have to be in crazy detailed, but you've got to have a little bit of a direction because if not, the universe is just going to kind of be swinging things at you being like, all right, do we like this? Do you, do you like this? What about this? And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, this is what I want. Boom. 
then you're acting in alignment. And then, you know, the things happen where someone invites you to a party and this person at the party has a book club and you go to the book club and then a friend of the book club's cousin, boom, that's your soulmate. <laughs> like, you know, like that's just kind of how it works. So anyways, that end, end rant, but it's why it's important to set goals and have direction and utilize your GPS, right? Because if not, we're just out here doing whatever. So write this memoir, 2024 version of you telling you what happened in 2023. And uh, just keep it. You you don't have to like fixate on it, obsess over it, write it down, tuck it away. And then next January, we're all going to come back to the podcast. We're going to pull it out. We're going to read it together. It's a little time capsule. I love it. Okay, so this is my third wave. I know this one is probably long, but just bear with me. The third wave of what I'm doing this year that is inspiring me and something that I would like for you to try is a book that I read by Todd Herman. It's called The Alter Ego Effect. Super fascinating. And this is something that is a common theme, this identity shifting. I have seen it in every religious text, culture, language. I've translated it from the Akashic Records. It's somewhere that shows up time and time again. And it's really all about creating an identity and becoming this person. So at this point, we've done our year in review. We've made our goals. Now we're going to create the identity of the person who's accomplished these goals. And I wrote out such a detailed, okay, so say for the sake of this podcast, we're going to say Anna Grace 2.0. That's my alter ego that I'm working with. The alter ego book is actually written by Todd Herman, a guy who is a sports analyst specialist, and he comes in and speaks to high, high, high performance athletes, like golfers, equestrians. I mean, people, I mean, this guy, out of who knows how much this guy gets paid to do a one-on-one. I'm sure it's freaking a bajillion dollars, but he's not spiritual. This is not a spiritual text, but it's, it's something that I think it's very applicable. I'm making Austin read it right now. And he explains how at a certain level of like super mentally challenging, high-performing athletes when they have all this pressure and money and sponsors and they get, you know, they might have a hiccup or they might have a mental block or something's going on and they bring in this guy and he creates an identity. And when they have that identity or when they are having these moments, they they call on this identity and they literally like, you know, they they assume this identity of this person. So say that he gives them a name and they do like an activation movement, right? So you would, it's kind of like before surgeons go into surgery, they stand in the Superman pose. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that in Grey's Anatomy. Like there is literally something where you're like, okay, I am becoming this person. So say I am Anna Grace 2.0. Say that's my identity. I actually have a different identity, but I'm, it's secret. I can't tell you guys. Maybe next year, but for the sake of the conversation, Anna Grace 2.0. And Anna Grace 2.0, she is, and you, you write out everything that this, this identity, this, this version of you that you, you want to embody that will help you achieve this memoir that you just wrote into yourself, right? Like, who is this girl? Like, who is she? And, and you're not going to change who you are. You're just becoming more in alignment with the highest version, most authentic version of you. So for me, I'm like, confidence, fearless, like this, Anna Grace 2.0, she doesn't give a flying fuck what anyone says on the internet or thinks about her. Like she speaks her truth and she is in tune. You know, I always say like connected, rooted in love, spreading messages, like connecting people, empowering, inspiring, like all of these words, right? And that's, that's where you write out your identity. So you would write out this, this name, come up with a name, come up with a totem. Like you can look up the book, Alter Ego Effect. It went out on AG's book club in my newsletter. If you guys have not subscribed to my newsletter, it's super fun. It's got like journal prompts and books and things that I'm reading and just loving. Um, that's always linked in the show notes too, also in my bio and AG's book club in my Amazon storefront. But anyways, check out the book. But there are so many ways that a lot of people talk about 
becoming the person, like feeling what it would feel like to be someone who shows up every day, creates content with confidence, is seen, is, you know, just unwavering in their authenticity. And because that's something that for me, I've always been an authentic creator, but I've, I've, I've always kept my content palliable, like, I was gonna say palatable, but, but more uh, people pleaser y. Like, I don't ever want to talk about anything controversial because I've always just been a well liked person. And, it, and it's been hard for me to talk about, like, okay, well, I'm a medium and that's controversial for people, apparently. To me, I only see it as love, but there are people that have negative experiences. And it's unfortunate because they project those experiences onto me and it's hurtful. But in this Anna Grace 2.0 version, I'm like, no. That's their experience. And I don't allow it to affect me. And I'm confident and I know what I'm doing is helping people. You know, like that's that's part of this identity shifting. Like I literally think before I post something, sometimes I go, oh no, I don't want to say that. I'm getting nervous. And I'm like, okay, no. What would, you know, kind of like the what would the highest version of Anna Grace do? The journal prompts I told you before in a previous episode. What would Anna Grace 2.0 do? No, she would post it because that's how she feels and that's what she believes. And it's okay to be authentic. And, and honest, like you don't have to intentionally be controversial, but I saw this TikTok the other day. It was a guy saying, he was like, if you are 100% authentic and speaking your truth, people are not going to like you. There's going to be people that don't like you. And he was like, honestly, I think it's sus if everyone likes everyone. Like if, if, if everyone likes you, then what are you hiding? <laughs> I thought it was funny <laughs> because I mean, it is true. I think there are people that might just be triggered by you solely off of the fact that you're living in alignment or you're authentic or, you know, whatever. Like I, I, I posted something the other day saying I was really proud of myself for being sober and there's people shitting on that. I'm like, how could you possibly? How? But I'm like, you know what? It's just because that's just, that's triggersome to them. Like there's always going to be some pushback when you are living authentically. And that's totally okay. I love that guy being like, be polarizing. He was like, be controversial. I, I don't actually strive for that. But he was like, when you're living in your truth, that is going to trigger people just because you're living in your truth and that's okay. Like he was like, I think it's suspect when everyone likes you. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. He's like, I don't want you to be my friend. If everybody likes you, something's wrong with you. It's weird. It's weird. I don't like it. <laughs> but it, it I, I, that's that's an extreme version, but it, it made me giggle. So anyways, you're going to create your alter ego and you're just going to write, after reading this memoir, what does she look like? How does she eat? How does she talk? How does she walk? How does she move? Dress the part. Like, you know, if you're if you're wanting to be more in alignment with, you know, being conscious or intuitive or whatever, like make your meals at home, bless them. Like just literally, this is getting a bit more nitty gritty because that's going to take us into your fourth part now that you have this identity of who you want to become. You've looked back, you've done your year in review you've written your memoir, that's when you're going to get into the nitty gritty and say, okay, this is how I'm going to design my day to day. I said all the time, our days make up our weeks, make up our months, make up our year. Start in the micro. That's where the magic happens. So you have all these things, you've got your goals, you've looked in the past year, said I really fell off here. Like For me, one of mine was just like, I didn't really drink that much water last year. I am a dehydrated, dusty, crusty right now. So my daily routine, I made sure to add water in. You know, it can be some small things, but I say stick with like three, three main things in the morning. Don't make it 10. Don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple, but say, all right, I'm going to stay in alignment with this version of self, Anna Grace 2.0, whatever. Give your name a superhero name, call whatever, make a completely different name. And for me, one of mine was this 
Anna Grace 2.0 version. I did a actual like full identity breakdown. For me, it was dancing more. I, I love to dance. I really do. And just like identifying as a dancer. Like I was like, no, I wasn't trained, but now I'm saying like, yeah, I'm a dancer. I love to dance, you know, and just here's the thing. Am I actually scheduling time in my day to day to dance? <laughs> like that, that's the thing is like make these goals, but then also make time in your calendar to do them. Even if it's like 10 minutes a day, like I know a lot of people were like, I don't have time or like I'm, I'm busy and all the things like totally fine, but make the goals. But then you're going to do an autopsy of your time and say like, am I even allotting any time to allow these goals to grow, to thrive, to come into fruition? If I, you know, my day to day, I'm just, booked up to my gills in tasks and chores and I don't have any time to write. You know, maybe I want to write a book someday and I write a page a day. Just, you know, add that into your day-to-day. Like come up with the top three things that are most important to you and schedule that in in your day. Don't say like, okay, this month I'm going to, you know, whatever, work on it. Because that's the thing with a lot of goals. People set the goals and they never make time to actually work on them. And that's why I always do like a day-to-day autopsy. So January for me is kind of like, I play with my morning and evening routines. How did that feel? Did that feel good? Because I can still tweak it up. Like you don't have to like come up with a routine, like this is perfect. I'm locked into this forever. Like, no, no, no. Come up with a routine, come up with a day-to-day and be like, okay, I'm going to create a little time here on Wednesdays to paint, get creative, do whatever. What does my inner child love to do? What is something that's in alignment with my goal, my truest version of self, whatever. Slap some time in there just to do it, you know? especially if you're running a side hustle or doing some of the things, you know, just like keep it on the radar, keep it on the calendar and schedule time to make these goals happen. I'm going all over the map right now on channeled messages, but I, this one was, this was a one I did. I opened the Akashic Records before I got on the mic and I was like, what does AG University podcast need to hear today? And it was just like a quick little tidbit. So... I talk a lot about how the month of January comes up in the Akashic Records. It's a time to like get organized, clean house, take inventory. And I had always been doing that as like a really physical thing, like literally cleaning my house. And, you know, and I do think that's great in areas that you want improvement. Like, you know, I always tell people, if you're trying to be healthier, like clean out your pantry, clean out your fridge. Like I always say stuff like that. And so when I went in today, it was interesting because it was like, yes, clean house, but know that what's happening inside of our mind is also our house. So what's going on inside of our brain is creating our exterior reality. And just sit with that for a second and really think what's going on in my mind every single day, because that can be a big lesson for us in January. It was almost shown to me as like winter is a time for us to like we're a bit forced to get still because it's so cold outside and we are to honor that. I mean, yes, go outside in nature, but not as much as we would in the in the summer because it's meant to be a time of inside, introspective, going inside, observing the mind, clearing out thoughts and limiting beliefs that are no longer serving us to go forward and then create all the magic and create all the beautiful things. So that's kind of the um, message for cleaning house that came through. Like I literally always was like, oh yeah, I'm going to like get organized and like sell my stuff and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, no, no. So cleaning house is literally your, what's going on inside of your brain is creating your reality. Every thought, everything that's happening. And here's the thing. Our thoughts are coming and going so fast all the time. So it's it's not anything for people to over fixate on. It's just something to literally do like a scan, bringing awareness. What's going on inside of me? What is 
what's my body saying to me? Like, do I feel stressed? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel tight? Like for me this past month, I've been clenching my jaw. It was really unusual. I'm not like typically a jaw clencher, but take note of all those things because those are just, that is information that our body is sharing with us to make a change, you know, just a readjustment. And it also came through as same thing as the year in review, just, you know, do a quick scan of what are you thinking about all the time? What what are you eating? What are you what are you speaking? What are you consuming? Because right, our nutrition is more just than food. It's it's the energy around us. What what am I consuming? Like what what is literally in my energy field all the time? Because that's really how winter was designed. I'm just reading my notes from I did a reading this morning. It's it's a time for rest, release, and ease because that's how we cultivate our power for the warmer months. So. Let's shift our focus inward. It's like the more we tune in, the more we go in, that's what's really creating our outward reality. And so I I know that I was like, oh yeah, clean house, do all these things. They're like, no, 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 that's your outward, that's your exterior. It starts with what's inside our mind, what's going on. And, And that's really connected to that identity piece because it's just everything manifestation, whether you believe in it or not, we're all, I always tell people like, we're all playing this game. Like we are just creating based off of our energy levels on such a real raw, just it's, it's very tangible. When I do readings for people, I can just see it. And, um, this is, this is my last takeaway and, and, and teaching and learning from the Akashic records that I will give you guys today. I have so many that, I don't know. Who knows how long this podcast is getting. So this past year for me, I was in a cycle two year based off of numerology, which is just a year of lots of obstacles and slow growth. (laughs) And I was like, okie pokie. And it was, you know, I was starting a lot of new ventures. I moved twice. I lived in three different houses, just like a lot of things. You're just like pain in the ass tasks. I'm grateful that I'm settled now and and I'm in a different phase now. But anyways, so there were times where I was just really frustrated. I'm like, gosh, I feel like I am doing big things. Like sharing, like the podcast went number one on in Apple Podcasts. Like I'm doing the big things, but there's just been still so many obstacles that are coming up. And and um, this was the energy tidbit that like came through in the Akashic Records that I've been telling people that if you are starting something new in 2022 or... or to, 2023. I've been saying so many years in this podcast. If you are starting something, you're doing a new venture. And this is how, you know, when you write this memoir or you set these goals and you have all these things and you're kind of in this in-between waiting period or you're going through the death of an old identity of self and creating a new identity. And there is, there is an in-between. There is times where we have to be patient and there is divine timing and free will. Like, yes, we are the creators of our own reality and we are super powerful, but there are just some things that come through divine timing. And so this is the last takeaway. Um, imagine you you set all these goals and you know you're starting a new business and in two years, say say you you go to the the most famous shaman in the entire world, and every prediction he's ever said it comes true, and his wait list is ten years long. And even if you don't believe in psychics and mediums and all things, for the sake of this conversation, just believe, okay? And this man tells you that in two years' time, your business is a smash hit success. 
and you're making six figures and you're living your dream life. And you know that. You you fully believe this man, contrary, if maybe you don't believe in this stuff, but just for the sake of conversation. And you're like, I know, it's going to be a smash hit banger. That is the energy. That's how it was showing up. Like I was in an in-between phase last year. Like I was building big things, but financially hadn't, I don't make any money off the podcast. I don't, I don't, I'm just paying new team members, you know, like hasn't caught up yet, but I know I'm moving in the right direction. That's okay. But uh, building a business, it, you have more expenses and obstacles and all the things, but I was getting frustrated. My energy was coming off a bit frustrated just because I, I had just a lot of work to do. And that was what I was being shown. Like if you knew no matter what, without a shadow of a doubt, in two years' time, you were you won the lottery. What like your your business was a smash hit banger? What would your energy be today? You would be like excited to go to work. You're like, oh yeah, I'm going to work today. Like heck yes. Like you would be so lit up. And if people said anything to you like, oh, I don't know if that's gonna work out, you're like, uh-uh, no, no, no. I already know, my guy, this is working. Like that's the energy, the feeling that you need to embody now is like. I know it's done. I wrote the memoir. It's happening. Like with it, because when we get caught up in the frustration of why isn't it here? Why isn't it here? Like no, it's just it, it, it's in route. Like the energy is that it's already on its way. But literally, I want you to think like okay, in, in five years I won the lottery. Like I know I'm taken care of for the rest of my life. In this moment in time, that immediately makes you go like I'm not going to stress about money right now. Like I'm not, and also at what point in our life does stressing about money and getting ourselves worked up and worried ever help? Never. Even if yes, be aware, don't, don't live outside of your means, but worrying about it, like it never helps. It really never helps. And that was just a really interesting analogy that I saw come through in a reading where someone was like, the energy is that you need to act as if now, like someone has already told you, hey, in two years, this is a profit, highly successful idea, concept, whatever. You would be so just joyful and passionate. It doesn't mean you would just rest on your laurels and eat bonbons all day. No, you would still work hard and do the things, but your energy around the work would be excitement. It would be, you just know it's working out. You just know. And you, and you act that way. And that's how I want you guys to act every single day. Like, I know it's working out. And here's the thing. When you act that way, it is. It is. It is done. It is done. It is done. It is done. I can't, I wish I could like see the visuals in my brain, but it's done, you know? So I hope that was, um, I hope that was helpful. And let me see if there's any final notes that I have. Just remember you guys. It takes one video, it takes one conversation, it takes one person, one thing to change your life. I have had that experience time and time again. I've had videos go viral, I've had things happen, meet celebrities, all of the things, and I am a, at one point in my life, was a basic broke girl from Tennessee, Memphis. I, I I didn't have any connections or anything cool in this industry. It just, I just believed, yeah, that works out for me. I'm lucky like that. That's what you're going to say. Um, I always believe that too. I was born on July 7th. I always said I'd lucky seven, seven, seven. I'm lucky. I'm just lucky. So you are lucky. A couple other things that I'm doing on the daily and I added into my micro calendar was um, implementing the cycle syncing and scheduling appointments and meetings and things where I know in my cycle, I have the most amount of energy 
my one last takeaway, like doing a lot of readings. I was doing them a lot when I was in like certain phases where I had low energy. And so that's something else I was implementing this year. I'm like, no, I'm going to schedule all my readings, all my big, important, powerful meetings more in like my follicular and ovulatory phase, which if you guys aren't familiar with the four phases of our cycle, I'm bringing on some hormone specialists coming this season. I'm really excited, but that's just something else that you could, you know, if you have the flexibility in your schedule, just something fun to play with. Um, it was just like one last thing that I implemented into my 2023 year. This year is going to kick ass. I just know it. I know it for everyone. And I am so excited that you guys are here listening to me and you allow me to, you know, infiltrate your car speakers or wherever you are with any of my information. As always, um, all the books and things I mentioned here are linked in my bio. AG's book club is the folder and happy new year. I love you so much. Mwah. As always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, AG University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me, my scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.